Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to The Gabby Ree Show, where everything is an experiment. most important thing, and especially as it relates to my book with living a healthy lifestyle, when that ain't what you are accustomed to culturally, you know, is your ability to defi- uh, to choose a mindset to get whatever you want, to live however you want to live, to make it happen, to, to align yourself with the information that you don't have, to will it to yourself, magnetize it to yourself. Um, and that kind of mentality is, is unstoppable. You know what I mean? And if you, if you, if you know you all you got in that sense, nobody can think positive for you. To me, the, the, the streets and, you know, the wellness path are not opposites. They're just an opportunity to see the dojo you know what I'm saying? Like, wherever you at. Hi, everyone. So joining us on the podcast today is Stick. He's an author, activist, and rapper. You might know him as one half of Dead Prez. Stick has been through a lot of struggles in his life, and instead of letting that defeat him, he used the power of his mind and his creativity to work his way out of it. And now he's put those lessons and ideas together in a really powerful book called The Five Principles, which can help all of us find our way to a better, healthier, and more fulfilling life. He isn't just a performer. He's a smart, passionate, and powerful creator who's dedicated his life to helping others. His book is filled with practical tips and advice that we can all use to live better and more fulfilling lives. But what really sets Stick apart is his emotional depth and honesty. He understands that real change comes from within and that we all have the power to transform our lives if we're willing to do the work. For me, one of the most poignant things Sticks mentioned here is peace is not passive. He understands that being peaceful doesn't mean letting people walk all over you. It means standing up for yourself and your beliefs in a way that is both powerful and compassionate. Think about that as we dive in. We're excited to have him here on the show 
and to share his insights with all of us. Enjoy. Stick, thank you for coming on to the show. I I have to tell you that, first of all, you know, I went to Florida State. I don't know if you know that. Mm, Okay, I didn't know that. That's what's up. Seminoles. I played volleyball for Florida State. And so when I saw that something very important in your story, at least from the the things I read and, and in reading your new book, The Five Principles, I was like, oh, amazing. I, you know, have a, I, I know where you come from. Yeah, for sure. You know, the same stomping ground. That's right. So, you know, I really want to dive into the principles and how you landed on The Five Principles. And I, and I love the way that you made this book accessible. I think sometimes, and you know, the conversation around being well or being healthy sometimes feels so far away or out of touch Mm -hmm. and only for people who like, oh, they've lived that way their whole life. Mm -hmm. And I think what's so important about your book is that you, you started in one way and then you, with some help, moved into a whole other relationship and culture of food and movement. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and in a way that was accessible, not, hey, this isn't for you, but let's be in a club and let's be together. Yeah, that, my, my journey has definitely been um, bridging, a lot of bridges. You know what I'm saying? I think, um, you know, health and wellness for me uh, was a spiritual pivot, you know what I'm saying, um, that I'm still growing into. But, um, yeah, just, you know, I grew up thinking that, you know, being a G, being a gangster was the strongest way that you could show up under the conditions. And I realized that, you know, healthy is gangster, you know what I mean? And, and wellness is gangster and love and, and you know, optimism and, and healing, you know what I mean, is the most gangstest thing you can do. So my journey is a healthy gangster lifestyle coming into being. Yeah. I think it's an interesting point when, you know, as one half of dead prez where it, you know, it is this, you know, this combination of like, Hey, tough, Mm. right. That gets put on all everybody. Like, don't let Mm -hmm. anyone take advantage of you. Be tough. All of these things Mm -hmm. for someone who can arrive at it to say, Oh, being peaceful or being healthy or being loving is really the most powerful we can try to be. That's a message that's very, I think once you experience it, it's very clear, but it's, it's so hard. I don't want to say it's hard to sell, okay. but it's hard for people, right? How did you, how did you even get to the place where you could practice, let's say kindness over aggression when maybe there was a lot of situations where, you know, you, you could have. Yeah. Learn, real life learning from experiences you know, sitting in, in jail, you know what I'm saying? And, and having to, having to, uh, reflect on that choice and then, and diving into that rabbit hole of like, well, what, what fueled that choice? Choices are made before they're made. Right. And so that was helpful to be able to sit still. I talk about the principle one in the book is how mindset matters. And, you know, sometimes you have to set with the mind to understand, you know, the mindset, right? And so uh, for me, going to jail uh, and and other consequences, but uh, what I touch on in the book, going to jail was a time to sit down, 
and to be forced to be present um, in the same way that later I would learn sitting down on the cushion or on the yoga mat, you know, it, you know, voluntarily being present. You know what right. I'm saying? Yeah. And um, I got what in yoga they call a dristi, right? Or a point of focus to keep your balance. And, you know, so it's a, to me, the, the, the streets and, you know, the wellness path are not opposites. They just uh, an opportunity to see the dojo, you know what I'm saying? Like wherever you at. So. Stick, I, I mean, I, I, know a lot about you now, especially getting ready for this podcast and reading your book. Maybe we could just go back a little way so we can set the table a little mm -hmm. more for just your history. You know, you mentioned you went to jail, I think at a, probably around 19 years old, something yeah. like that. Mm -hmm. And um, where do you think, like when you reflect back, do you think that jail you know, that you, how do you think that you turned it? So you looked at it actively in, in jail. And then when you come out, how long were you, how long exactly were you in jail? Uh, it was just like some months, you know, I had a, I had a sentence that when I worked in, um, in the kitchen doing that, and I, I, I got my time like short. It was just some months. And when you got out, and I know um, your now wife was already a part of your life mm. at that time. Mm. Mm -hmm. When you get when you got out, it's like, how did you feel like you could take on this next you know chapter of your life? Where did you get that strength from? Um, if you would have asked me then, I might have had one answer, but now I know it's. I believe it's spirit. I believe you know. Spirit is in charge, and I, so you know these things just charge the spirit, right? And so it was just part of my calling to, to, to do what I do. And sometimes you have to be um, the distractions have to be taken, so that you can say, "Oh, this is well, this is what." If everything is dark, you, wherever you see the light at, you, you're supposed to go in that direction. So for me, you know, doing music was that light. You know what I'm saying, and and otherwise a dark situation. So I focused on that, and I wasn't all the way out of out of my habits I had picked up, smoking, drinking, stressing, and all this stuff. But I was I, I had a dristy, right? And so, uh, but my those habits caught up to, you know what I'm saying, and um and I when I got diagnosed with gout, which I talk about in the book, the King's disease, right? At that time, uh, I'm no longer with uh, my wife at that time, but uh, at that time, she um, she was a vegetarian and um, and she she had this wonderful philosophy of believing in nature, trust in nature first and foremost. And she was like, I think, um, you know, we could heal what you got going on naturally. I believe in that in your body's ability to do it. And so I had that. Um, option, you know, from somebody that I trusted, you know, and, uh, and it worked out. It was transformation. Those kinds of changes are really hard to make, though. I mean, changing our eating might be, I, mm -hmm. I believe, one of the most challenging, one of the most challenging things we can do. Mm -hmm. You meet a lot of people and you talk all about, you know, this healthy living 
the you know mindset and I, and I want to go over the principles but do you think that people can develop the ability to go towards that light or do you think people are sort of hardwired or born that way because sometimes I you know I I meet a lot of different people and certain people it feels like would they have that ability to do it and then maybe someone would see someone like you and go but something he was born with something inside of him mhm mhm so so yeah, when you're like nature and nurture. Yeah. yeah. And so when you're dealing and dealing with young people, maybe and, and motivating them or inspiring them and talking about mm -hmm. this, when you don't see that naturally in them, do you have a way of inspiring or connecting them? I mean, your story is very inspiring, but people think, oh, maybe I, I couldn't do that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't, I believe we all have everything we are naturally in us. So there's nobody I look at that I would say, you don't have this or you don't have that. We, we are the cosmos, you know, literally everything in us. Now, why we don't recognize it, you know, could be a number of reasons. So the idea is to expose ourselves and those we love, those in our community to uh, these tools and these possibilities. and. Uh, a different way to identify, you know, especially like speaking as a, a, you know, somebody who was a young black male coming up and all the stereotypical things, you know, every, the, your story is already wrote for you. You know what I mean? If, if, if you, if you believe in what, what I talk about in the book that um, author Vishalakiani talks about the culture scape, it's already kind of set up for you. Oh, okay, you're going to be... Like, I grew up and it was like, you'll be dead or in jail by 21. It was, you know, all the, the, the police, nine times out of 10, they're going to stop somebody that look like you. They're going to be over-aggressive with you. Uh, if you go to a college, you, you're going to get denied more than anybody else. If you go get a loan, you're, going to, you're least likely that, that you want to... You know, this is the reality of being a young black male. So that that shapes what you feel is possible and what you feel um, just your, what's universal and, and possible for you as a human being, right? So in order to get that in those situations, I believe, yeah, there's something in you that either you are born to lead in that way, right? Or there's something in you that's a weight and a spark, right? You need to be exposed in, in some kind of, whether it's a family member or a program or, or a book, a podcast, or whatever it might be these days. But we have to, our responsibility is to not only survive, but to thrive and to go after the light. And then be the light if you don't, if it's totally dark, be the light. You know? I think it's it's so important because you know, life is is hard for so many people. And I think they don't know where the first step is. And so someone mm -hmm. like you who they go, Oh, I can relate to him. And, mm -hmm. and he's, he's made music and he's traveled the world doing that and worked with some of the biggest artists in the world and writes a book. It, it's an interesting like transition from you're living it and doing it now for so many years. Mm -hmm. It's like, mm -hmm. do you have the ability? And I just say this really for my own curiosity. It's like, to remember what it was like maybe to feel like you you couldn't mm -hmm. and then to see you know have you learned any i don't want to say tricks but kind of ways 
to touch those people because we all have people like that. And even like a family mm-hmm. member, maybe that's not very healthy and you can see they're kind of on a path to deterioration. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, it's like, how do you, besides being an incredible example, which is the most powerful, mm-hmm. do you have, have you found anything that really can connect with them to give it a go? Well, you know, um, so like I'm a, I'm a running coach, right? Long yep. distance running coach. So for th- this is an example. So a lot of people hate running or, or think they hate running. You know, they'll, they'll tell you, oh, you do what? Well, I hate running. I don't ever want to run. And my approach to running for myself and then my approach to advocating running is not about watching your watch. It's not about competitions. It's not about speed. It's not about distance. It's none of that. It's about um, this, mo- this moment you have, right, to be in yourself, right, and to just move, right, like, like you're playing, like a child, right? And that, just giving yourself that, if it's 10 minutes, if it's two hours, um, and tying that into uh, the roots of running before it was a big, you know, shoe-selling kind of thing, right? And um, and and how indigenous cultures, you know, this was this was a way of life. The Tarahumara uh, Indians, you know, or the um, the Kenyans, or the Ethiopians, you know, who are gold status of running, but how they integrate this in their everyday lives, and just the spiritual spiritual components, um, and some of those uh, unsung heroes in the culture of running. This is, for example. This, I find people go, oh, I never, I didn't look at running like that, you know. Right. Like it's it's a it's it's just a stress relief. Dude, you run a little bit on Sundays, like you know, like uh, so. I try to introduce people to using running as an example, just the lifestyle, this path by uh, simple, simple, easy ways to relate and connect culturally or personally. Or just practically, right? Mm-hmm. And once once we do that, it's not what I do. It's not my my role in the process is not to make you anything. You know, I, I believe it's already in there, and it's like a pilot light on the stove. Like if you if you just can spark that light, then the stove you, you, it's gonna work. It's right. made to work. So I feel like once people see it's approachable. It's bite size. It's is is customizable. Mm-hmm. It's is you have permission to adjust and take your time and all of that kind of stuff. It, then it naturally starts to happen for people. Yeah. I really love that because, and, and you know, you've probably experienced this so much. People closest to us listen to us the least. You know, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, we, some, yeah. we we always joke an expert somebody who lives a mile away, but. Um, I just, yep. I was just curious. So maybe we can, we can just go back to how does Dead Prez, how does that come about? How does that union come about? And that, that incredible experience. Right on. So I met my buddy, um, my partner, M1, other half of Dead Prez in, at FAMU and um, right around the corner from FSU. We, um, ideologically, we had a lot in common. A lot of the pressing issues like that are that are more popular now in terms of um, social justice and everything under that banner 
we were um, young folks and we that was our concerns. You know what I'm saying? And um, even though I was in the street life and he had, you know, some background in the streets, we wanted positive change. We wanted revolutionary change. We wanted to be a part of that. We were inspired by the Black Panther Party. And uh, we didn't see them as controversial like the mainstream saw them. We saw them like uncles and brothers and aunties who were trying to do something, you know, instead of waiting on, you know, the, the system to not do nothing. So um, that was our, we, we shared that ideology. And um, we, we got, we put in a lot of work in um, grassroots campaigns uh, for the democratic rights of everyday people. And uh, we learned a lot, uh, joined some national organizations. And what we, what we found is that a lot of our romanticizing like the 60s and, and you know, the newspaper they had and the way they would rally, we, we were like, That's, that era has gone. Um, mm-hmm. And what people re- was responding to more on the street was when, when you say a rap, and then you, you say a rap about the police brutality, you know? And we, we start seeing that block to block. And we were like, our work probably is more effective in the music itself. We can reach that much more people, we can inspire, and people can use that music to rally around. So that's kind of how Dad Prez took a, got a focus. Was that, was that a pretty fluid experience? Because doing that, taking that on is very difficult. I mean, I don't care what anyone tells me, music Mm -hmm. and being in music is, is a very hard business or was there a flow to you, you know, one dot connected to the next, to the next for you guys? Yeah, it was a flow. It was was spirit. Once you will hear me say this over and over, spirit is in charge. So we, we charge our spirit, you know, to, to carry it out. And that's every, every, from one thing to the next, it was like, oh, music is what's moving this. We started creating music that, you know, gave life to the things we would speak about or advocate about. And then we moved from Florida to New York because our sound was like more of a up, up north east coast sound in terms of hip hop, right? And um, and we wanted to get signed to the the label that was the biggest, strongest at the time, doing our what we thought was in our in our vein. And it, it happened to be you know Wu Tang Clan in the '90s and Mob Deep, you know these were the the, the, the guys, right? So. Mm-hmm. We set our, our manifestation towards that, moved to New York, endured homelessness, met our brand Nubians, Lord Jamar, which led us to meet uh, Steve Rifkin, the owner of Loud Records, who was where Wu-Tang Clan and Mob Deep were a home for them. And then we got signed to that very label. And so, yeah, it flowed like it was supposed to. And then from there, worldwide, you know, worldwide with it. And during that time, you, and then you, you know, you said you, you had gout. So you, you, for a long time left, led a vegan lifestyle. You later incorporated, um, a little, I think some fish, mm-hmm. but how long did you, were you sort of on that path before you, you decided, oh, I'm, I'm gonna, cause writing a book is hard to, it's it's hard and you have to really, you know, you have to leave out a lot of things you believe you've got to, you know, hone in on very specific mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know mm-hmm. that you wrote this book yourself. I, I love that you wrote it on your phone. I'll be honest <laughs> with you. 
That's the yep. first time I've heard that. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so yeah. you're, you're going along and you think, I know, uh, I'm going, and you're already obviously a communicator, but you know, at what point did you think I'm going to write this book? Um, it kind of just came to me, you know, I've written um, other books that I self-published and mm-hmm. got out to, to like my, my hip hop audience or whatever. But, uh, yeah, spirit was just like, I wanted to capture this, uh, lifestyle for, for myself in a way, you know, how you, you live in something, but when you, when you kind of journal it, right. There's more insights and more takeaways and more dots you can see. And so I'm always a white belt. I'm always a student. And um, so I was interested in like adding up, you know, and, and, and tweaking and, and taking my lifestyle to the next level, which I'm always trying to do. And I reached out to um, Regina Brooks, who was, was my book agent at Serendipity. I was talking to her about maybe doing a book. And then she said, oh, yes, it is time. You, your voice needs to be heard. Here's what we need to do. You know, she she just really inspired me, like, it's mm-hmm. time, you know. And then, um, yeah, this the the I I got I learned the principles in real time in 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 the order that they appear in the book. And so I thought that was interesting and I wanted to um to uh, capture that. But I didn't think I was going to write the book. Like, I was like, my self-published books, I was like, you know, I, I, I did that. But if this is a real book, you know, this is a real book. Yeah. And so, right, you know what I'm saying? So I was like, we need to get, I, I found, like, this great writer who was a, uh, he's oh, a yeah. marathoner. He had everything, right? And um, we six months in, we I'm doing interviews and interviews and interviews. And he never produces any content. And so six months in, I had to make that decision, like, to change, pivot what I thought was going to happen. I, I didn't think I had time to write a book or the skills or anything. And six months in, I, I make a decision that I got to let him go and I got to start from scratch. And then, as I mentioned in the book, I, I worked on that for about six months. And then I decided I didn't like what the voice I was speaking in. Oh, you were and in your book voice. Yeah, I was in my book, my <laughs> hitherto, thither thou, and all that. <laughs> right. Um, and then I, I was just like, scratch it. And I found, but you know, that's the process to really find your your that that balance between universal communication and just chit-chatting with your homie. You know what I'm saying? And and so for me that was a good a sweet spot. Yeah. So let's let's go over. You you mentioned uh, mindset matters. You mentioned that first because really that's the that's setting us on the orientation. That's mm-hmm. that's like you know it is crazy. You ever have those days where you don't have your mindset straight and you're watching yourself with your bad mindset and you're just mm-hmm. like, and I know better and I can't get there. And this is influencing, mm-hmm. impacting everything I'm thinking, saying, doing, and what's coming back at me. I always think that that's the most interesting part about mindset and that it's an ongoing mm-hmm. uh, thing to keep in check. I really appreciate sure. that you put this as the first principle because mm-hmm. it's the start. It's it's the one that starts us in whatever direction yeah. uh, we're dictating. 
Yeah. Our, every bit of our experience is, is mental, yeah. you know, in terms of, uh, or I shouldn't say there's not other areas, right. but the mental is how we experience it. You know what I mean? And so that filter, even just realizing that there's a filter, you know, that, you know, a perspective is simply that, a perspective. You know, it's not absolute. It's you don't know tomorrow. You don't know 30 seconds from now. So a lot of the things we project into our mental, uh, we experience it back in the form of suffering. And, And that's a cycle, like, over and over and over and over and over. Small ways, big ways. Um, and so realizing that, hey, I can choose my perspective. It, no matter what is going on, um, that in itself is a, a is a uh, aha and it's a is liberating. This is this uh this Google executive wrote this book, I think it's called Solve for Happy. And um it, there's a concept he has called looking down in terms of perspectives, like, you know, we look up and we say, oh, Susie has this and Daryl has this and I only have this so I can only do this because we're looking up at the few, you know, but when you look down and you say, oh, man, so-and-so is, they ain't seen their child in 10 years or this person had a hurricane yesterday or, you know, whatever. And you can, there's so much to be grateful for, right? And then you haven't moved on the ladder you still got your your problem or whatever, but your perspective has changed, mm. and and then it allows us to move a little lighter, with a little more grace, and that's that's all it's about because it's gonna be something up and down. Yeah, that's just life. You know, I can't. You know, sometimes I've been thinking a lot about how I can. I only know based on the input I've come across in my life, like mm-hmm. as much as I'd like to expand and transcend, you know, mm-hmm. pat beyond mm-hmm. my own limitations. It's mm-hmm. like, I'm still limited by the input at, at me that's come to me. But when I was reading your book and I was thinking about your, where you have come from and what you're mm-hmm. now communicating, it's one of those um, questions where you wonder where people are able to transcend their their input their their culture um you know kind of that narrative mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. is it you just it i'm always curious by that because very few people can do it mm-hmm. and okay. it feels like mm-hmm. you you really went somewhere other than maybe where you were put and i put it in air quotes you were supposed to Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I, I think um, that's key to, to my book. That's key to my lifestyle. I, I truly believe that we have everything in us. We are not lacking nothing. It doesn't matter if we're exposed to, you know, Harvard campus or the hood is all you've seen one block for your whole life. What you really, truly need is already in, right? You can put, you can give people millions of dollars in every Ferrari, but if they're not happy, if they don't have a mindset, you're gonna be miserable with a lot of money. And and at the same time, we know you can people can be in physically impoverished situations, but be so joyful and be the storyteller 
and be, you know, able to make people smile or heal or comfort. You know, so it's not the things, you know what I mean? You know, those things are sure. Like let's, let's have tools, let's have, you know, things we enjoy, but the, the, the most important thing, and especially as it relates to my book with living a healthy lifestyle, when that ain't what you accustomed to culturally, you know, is your ability to defi- uh, to choose a mindset to get whatever you want, to live however you want to live, to make it happen, to, to align yourself with the information that you don't have, to will it to yourself, to magnetize it to yourself. Um, and that kind of mentality is, is unstoppable. You know what I mean? And if you if you if you know you all you got in that sense, nobody can think positive for you. You know? Yeah. yeah. And it I will say this, a, a kind of a caveat to that. I think you are a hundred percent spot on and like you, mm-hmm. and I've had this, it is imperative to have just even if it's one other person to keep feeding you that loop of positivity. And I know you, you had that, um, in your life and I just, Lots of that. Yeah. I, I want to say that. So if someone's feeling that way, like, Oh, I can't, yes, you, we do it. It does have to start with us, but mm-hmm. I feel like to make the journey all the way, it's like, mm-hmm. it's, it's just, it's critical just to have, even if it's one person, yeah, it was like, yeah. hey, you can do it, and I'm doing it too, or you know, mm-hmm. what are you doing, mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You're right, and and in to that point, one, there may be people in our lives that are doing that, but we're we're not, we can't hear it, yeah, because of where we're at. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And then if we so if we learn how to be a little bit more quiet, we might be able to pick up on that. But for people who there are people in situations where that one person is like not is is not there, yeah. and um and that's what I was talking about in principle five. Uh, staying inspired is our responsibility, and so for me, many years Bruce Lee was that person. Like you know, I never met Bruce Lee, you know what I mean. But Bruce Lee left a lot of uh, wisdom yeah. that. That that has been um, like a father to me. Malcolm X had left a lot. Of, he left. He wrote his story for us to connect and for us to relate and to get that inspiration. So if there's nobody in a person's life at all yeah. that they feel is, is is positive, then go into the people in the community who have left inspiration. You know what I'm saying? And if there's no nothing that you relate to in that way, then yeah. work on your imagination. You know, make you make you make a friend in your head, you know, be your own friend. That's a really important and beautiful point, especially maybe when we're really young and we feel isolated or alone. I think that's important. So Mm -hmm. principle Mm -hmm. two, listen to your gut. Mm -hmm. And that that is that is figurative and literal when it comes to your book, you know, talking about the microbiome and talking about your instincts. You know, you even talk about that you had to kind of learn to eat through this period. And, and one, one point I just want to bring up that I really appreciated that you talked about in your book was the four points of healing. So hemostasis and inflammation, proliferation and, and, and maturation. So the other Mm -hmm. thing I, 
I want to talk about in this book is, yes, you go over the principles. There is also recipes. There are exercises. So you really, you know, I think you, you really did a nice job of, of like creating a place where people go, well, what do you mean? It's like, well, this is what I mean. <laughs> okay. You know, like awesome. you have, you have it there for people to try right there. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. and you, and you really break it down. This goes, you, you were mentioning about the running, but your third principle is find your fitness. And, um, again, you have a ton of exercises, but you mentioned it in the running. It's like, Hey, what about you? What do you want to do? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. is it inside it's outside, but you've had a, you do, you've done a lot of different things, martial arts and, and running and meditation. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you, do you find that like play? Do you enjoy starting something new? Like how does that how does that process? How would somebody kind of find their fitness? And also maybe you can you can talk about fit hop as well. Okay. Yeah. So the the whole idea of principle three, finding your fitness, is just, you know, there's we live in 2023. There's like a million different everything, exercise, the perfect super everything, right? But everything ain't for always every for everybody, literally, right? So, um, you know, somebody might be like, a martial arts, I would never do martial arts. I'm I'm too heavy, I'm too something, right? And it's like, you ever watch sumo wrestling? You ever watch judo, you, you know? And it's like, oh, you might you might actually be like the Don Juan, you know, if you, if you find what fits you, right? So, so the, the, that whole thing is the exploration of fitness is, is what makes it a lifestyle, right? Because, you know, you can get into surfing, you know, but what happens if you move away from the beach? You know, right. no, more, no more fitness, you know? So right. the lifestyle of exploring movement in ways that you just enjoy, right? And, and try, don't, don't just be a runner or don't just be a surfer, you know, be willing to explore and play. So that's what finding your fitness is. I think that's how people find it. Like you, just like herbs, I wouldn't tell you to get, you know, one, just, just get some nettle and and just whatever happens in life, just take that nettle. You know, you need, you need other things. So, you know, get your core, you know, if you're a runner, you know, or yogi, you know, but, you know, sometimes hit the gym, sometimes, you know, take a swim, you know what I'm saying? Uh, and that run. <laughs> you, you meet people that might say, Hey, listen, I'm, I was never an athlete and I'm working two. Uh, maybe I'm working three jobs. Who knows what's going on? It, right, right. Those are the people I, I, it's not that I worry about them, but they're the ones where it's like, they have the biggest uphill, like, access mm-hmm. to even healthy food, whether it's to find mm-hmm. it or afford it, mm-hmm. um, you know, time and then not growing up. Cause in a way, when we were younger, playing was like part of being a kid and now mm-hmm. it's almost become like a luxury. Do you live in a safe enough place to play? Do you, mm-hmm. is there even a program at your school where you could compete in sports? You, you know, all these kind of elements to it. So what, how do we connect? How do, how do you, it's a woman, she has three kids, she's working two jobs and it's Mm -hmm. like, it's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, the point of 
finding fitness or any other healthy thing is not to add more stress and drama to your life, right? So it, that's not the point, you know, to right. be like, oh, and then I got to figure out how to run a marathon, you know what I mean? It's like, nah, it's like this, it's about finding the things that actually help that hecticness mm-hmm. feel better. So it may be a walk with those three kids um, when the kids are usually all over the place and this and that, and you, and you need a second and they need a second. And it's like, we take a walk for 20 minutes, you know, when we connect at the end of the day. Those are fine. That's finding fitness, finding how it can fit into your flow. And then, um, you know, really, really being mindful and intentional. Like one thing I share in that section is what I call Bruce Lee moments. I'm a super Bruce Lee fan and um, work with his family foundation from time to time. But I've learned like just his personal habits behind what we've seen in the movies and all this stuff. Like he would literally, he was known that if he's if he's watching TV, he's stretching, uh, you know, during the show or he's lifting barbells over the commercials or he was, you know, one of the first to say, you know, always take the stairs, you know, or park far away from the, the entrance to the grocery store so you can walk. You know, mm-hmm. these are Bruce Lee moments, what I call them, where you are working it in to what you're already doing. You know, and um, I think because as I, and you want to be compassionate, sensitive, empathetic to people's feelings. But at the end of the day, there's no limit to excuses. Mm, that's true. You, you can we can you want me to tell you a reason why, you know, let, let me yeah. let's go. Let's you start. I'll go and we'll yeah. never be done with excuses. And you could be right. And it's not fair and everything else under the sun. But you suffer if you do not have healthy practices that that anchor you, that charge you. No matter what's going on around you, we that person is the one to suffer. So excuses aside, real legitimate reasons aside, how can I nourish myself in the best way that I can? That's what I try to emphasize. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You talk about in the fourth principle, 
restoration because you yourself were maybe going, I don't want to say going too hard, but going hard, running marathons, jumping on airplanes, performing in California the night that you've, you know, run a marathon and just, you know, going, going, going. So you have even within this understood the power of an active recovery or restoration or doing things like Qigong and meditation. How did you Cause that's the other side. Like, I feel like human beings were all sort of addicted to something. Like I have three mm-hmm. daughters and, and, um, my husband is an athlete. I, I was thinking in my mind, he's a surfer. And I was thinking in my mind, when you said, if you moved away from the beach and my mind, I was like, and I would be divorced. But anyway, <laughs> I, I, uh, I thought, um, my kids are always, my one daughter, she's the smart mouth one. Um, she's like, you guys are addicted to exercise. Because it's like, I don't drink, I don't do all these things. And I think, and then I think to myself, it's probably kind of true. You know, it's Mm -hmm. like a, but I feel like we're always going to have something that we maybe just do a little too much. So how did you, as somebody who was going in your, in your music and your craft, and now in your other new craft, your fitness life, Mm -hmm. where did you learn to have the relationship with, oh, slow it down or less, or, you know, calm, be calm, mm-hmm. be quiet, that that can be valuable too. Yeah. And that was from, um, really like the Eastern learning more of the Eastern philosophies about Qi and Qigong and just how yin and yang are work together. Mm. And, you know, and so if a person like me, my energy was yang, 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 yang. Um, and, I, and still, that's my default. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to go. I'm trying to get it. But, you know, really, uh, the first time I took Tai Chi was with, when my oldest son's mother was uh, pregnant. And mm-hmm. so that was like our, like, Lamans, right? We were throughout the thing, you know. And I remember being in there thinking, like, this is slow. This is soft. And I, you know, you know, I want to, I want to move. I need more energy and intensity when I'm training. This is not actually fitness, right? And I was, I couldn't. Uh, I did it, and it was relaxing, but I didn't respect it, right? I didn't respect it. But there were little seeds that the teacher was talking about that you know, strength comes out of the rest period. You know, the 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 calmness is what allows you to gather energy and things like that. So just the philosophy of it. Uh, and then in real time, so philosophically, I'm like, oh, this is beautiful, but <laughs> let's go make it happen. This is for pregnant uh, ladies. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? But where it hit me is when I really started having like noticeable signs of doing too much, like stress. Like I had an alopecia uh, patch in my head, mm. right? And, I'm, and, you know, here I am, I'm in great shape and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm way uh, more healthier than I've ever been in life. And, and you're ripped, you're ripped. I've practices. seen your pictures. You're ripped, you're ripped. Uh, you know, at that time, you a are. little bit, a little bit. Yeah. Um, um, <laughs> but, but then I got this a rip, a hole in my head, you know, from, from stress, right? <laughs> and I'm like, yo, what, what's not adding up? And, and so that was... Um, I, it's a blessing, though. It, it, having God was a blessing. Like, every challenge is the blessing because that's when you go, oh, now I can respect this. 
Mm. You know, now recovery, rest, recharging. This is not something that's soft. This is this is your secret weapon. This is the, the thing that makes you the strongest you could ever be is being able to say it's time to go to sleep. Mm. Right. That eight hours of doing nothing is actually the best thing you can do for tomorrow. But instead, you know, we want to today, we want to keep going. I don't know why sit down. I want to get tomorrow started today. You know, like, we're, and, and it's just, um, it's not, um, it's, it's immature, like spiritually, it's immature emotionally. Like you have to have balance. And so as I said, okay, if I can teach this old dog that new trick, you know what I'm saying? And really, so my, I turned my, my um, steam room sessions are active. I, mm-hmm. I respect that as like, that's working out today. It's yeah. just working on my rejuvenation, detoxing, recovery in the same way as, you know, going, running 10 miles is on another day. Right. Even if we have to tell ourselves, this is just going to make me more badass tomorrow if I calm down today. Even if we have Facts. to play that silly game with ourselves. <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? Whatever, get, get, it, get it in there. <laughs> oh, you this know? chi thing? Fine. I'll build up some chi so I can really be mm-hmm. a crusher. Do you have any yep. secrets? If you guys, let's say they call you up and go, hey, we need you guys to come and perform and you're going to be up until you're going to perform till 12 or 1 and you're going to be amped up and ramped up. Um, did mm-hmm. you have any like tricks or secrets? And then on top of it, maybe you're on the road, which is another whole mm-hmm. other dimension of something to manage. Um, Absolutely. Did, did you have any little secrets that helped kind of bring you down and got you ready to kind of just be more in that parasympathetic? Yeah. Well, it's a few things. Like when I'm when I'm traveling, I always run in the city somewhere just to shake off the nerves if if nothing else i run i take a hot shower and i have to do them two things uh, i need some me time where i'm not like a bunch of entourage whatever when i get to the venue i need some meditation time i stretch what wait at the venue is it to be like nerves going to the venue let me calm down in this place i'm gonna be like why do you pick there uh, well, I, I meditate in the mornings too, but when, why there is that, that I believe that energy field, like when you're in a space where everybody's like passing the Hennessy, passing this, and every, snap a picture, let me tell you a story, let me network, like all of that energy. I like to be in a corner and people say, okay, he's, he's doing something else, you know, and, it, and that, that field kind of follows you. Where, where, you know, you can engage when you want to, but you can also have your space. And, um, and that, helps, that helps me get in, just be ready. I'm, I'm quiet. I'm reading. I'm doing the opposite of what I'm doing on stage, like right before. So when I get on there, I, I feel like um, I'm inspired. I got energy. I'm ready to talk. I'm ready to engage. You know what I'm saying? So it's those kinds of things, like med- being meditated. Uh, tai Chi, things like that. And you specifically, forgive me if I botch this, okay? Uh, Zazen, Zazen approach to meditation. Mm-hmm. So was mm-hmm. this, 
so if someone's listening to this and they think I, w- I want to check this out, do you, is this something that you're still practicing or this is what got you into meditation and it's spelled Z-A-Z-E-N? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? I, this is, yeah, Zazen, there's many, many, many great ways to meditate sure. and people should try like every one of them, right? 10 times each. But for me, like in doing that, and I'm still exploring, but Zazen is one of the ones that I've, I found like this helps my, that what they call the monkey mind and, you know, all the 50,000 thoughts mm-hmm. um, because you're, you're kind of counting and you're, you you got to hold your breath and, and for two and then let your breath for two. And it's this process you're focused on uh, following instructions more than following your random thoughts. And then once you, because it's science-based, um, after a certain amount of time, you're, you're kind of into this metronome in your own mind to where every, you're used to it. This is familiar. So the automatic stuff happens. And, and then you find yourself like, oh, I, I can get in that space at will. So, yeah. I think that's, that's why I wanted to bring it up because that's very, you know, quiet is the hardest thing for all of us to do. And when mm-hmm. you can, when you can introduce something that, like you said, it almost gives the mind something kind of to do to allow us to slip into that place, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. then I think people go, Oh, that feels so much easier instead of like, Oh, just quiet your mind. It's like, well, I don't even <laughs> know what that means. Right. I remember uh, coming to a point of uh, this insight right here. It might be helpful for somebody listening. You know, people think, uh, I try meditation, but, you know, it doesn't work for me, right? It, 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 you know, I can't clear my mind. You know, uh, you know, this is stuff you hear all the time. But what I, what I realize, and maybe a reframe, is meditation is not so much about um, clearing your mind as it is about getting clarity of what's going on in your mind being clear about the chaos or, or whatever it might be. Um, that's really what we're doing is just being present enough to be clear on what's happening, you know? So. I think that's an important point because sometimes just getting an insight about what, how we're really feeling about things helps us make that next, you know, kind of best step. So the, the fifth principle is to stay inspired. and. One My thing favorite. you you have a lot of that around you. You you talk about mantras and even like versions of self hypnosis. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can just share what that you know what that principle really means to you. Right on. Well, staying inspired is really that principle could have been called uh, be consistent, right? And um, and I think at some points in the ten year career we've been sharing these principles just mm-hmm. with the community. It would be consistent was how we would express it, right? Oh, I messed but, that up. Actually, I take it back. I'm so sorry. It is consistency. I don't know why I wrote it as being stay inspired. It, no, I, no, no, no. You no, you are no, on point. No, but in the book it is consistency. Sorry, I had yeah. two versions. I have like translations and the name. So it is okay. consistency. But go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, no. It's, we we write on in alignment because the, the the idea was be consistent. Like you you know you can you can know the meditation is good for you, but if we're not consistent, we don't get the benefits. We can know what we're supposed to eat and not to eat. 
But if we don't consistent, we don't get that. We can know we're supposed to move and exercise regularly, but if we're not consistent, blah, blah, blah. Same with sleep, rest, right? Right. And so you say, so be consistent. You know, that's the thumb on the on the, this fist, right? And a person's like, but that's the problem. I'm not consistent. Yeah. Like, you know, this, this is the thing. So I had to unpack my journey. Like, how was I in the middle of the hip-hop industry with where I come from and all of the influences around me every day to, to just resort back to whatever? What has been that thing for me? Why, why have I been consistent, right? And what I found, and, and I, this is my theory, is that it's being able to know how to stay inspired, right? Because when your inspiration dies down, you know, we know, everybody say, just be disciplined, just be whatever. It's like, yeah, when I'm motivated to be disciplined, I'm, I'm going to do it. As soon as that, that um, I lose that motivation, I lose the inspiration, then excuses win the battle, right? So, so what? So with that in mind, I'm like, well, what's been keeping me? And you know, it'll be, it's the nerd side of you. You know, it, it's like, oh, well, I'm gonna dive into uh, Bruce Lee, and then everything Bruce Lee ever said, you know, becomes my inspiration in my headphones when I'm somebody's book on him, and I'm I'm take that on the morning run that I don't want to go on. But I'll go if Bruce Lee is telling me why I need to reach my potential, right? So now, but imagine if I didn't take the time to kind of like go shopping for that piece of inspiration grocery. Mm. It wouldn't be in my pantry, right? And so I realized like, oh, it's an active part of uh, uh, being consistent is, is curating those tools and those resources and uh, so that you can stay inspired. And that is a job. That is a, that's one fifth of a healthy lifestyle. It's not a sidebar. It's one fifth. What are your tools? What are your inspiration tools? What is your playlist? What are your favorite books? What, what's your favorite color? Why? Because you need sneakers that color, right? Because mm-hmm. so when you yep. say, I got on my yellow sneakers, I'm yep. ready to run. Feel good. This is a part of it. So. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I have to ask, I, you know, I'd be a knucklehead if I didn't ask, um, what kind of music are you running to? And are you running to music that's different than you're, than you're lifting weights to, or what is, or it just depends on the day, what mood you're in? Well, so two things. So I invented this approach to hip hop that I call fit hop. Right. And so it's got all of the, um, all of the, protein that we love about hip-hop the bass the energy the aggressiveness right but it's it's no artificial colors and flavors and none of this stuff or goofy lyrics or negative or misogynistic or racist or you know all the stuff that we hear in in the lyrics that we tolerate because hip-hop is so infectious um but we might rather you know hear something that's more uplifting right mm-hmm. um and then we don't want it to be corny just because it's positive, right? <laughs> so it's a sweet nuance, right? So for me, I wanted, I needed to create that because it didn't exist. Right. You know, there's people who make great hip hop. There's people who are great uh, speakers and 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 you know, great trainers and all of that, but terrible artists and whatever. 
So how do we get the sweet spot <laughs> of both? And that's my humble attempt, Fit Hop, was to do that, right? And so a lot of times I listen to things like that. Uh, my albums work out one and two. And it's the only music I've ever made that I can listen to like, like a utility, like a consumer, without thinking like, oh, this is my stuff. And, you know, I let it do what it's made for. But besides that, I listen to uh, a lot of instrumental music and a lot of um, uh, audio books when I train. You do? Like yeah. Yeah. Like and I you, mix. And this book is, you, you've you read this book, speaking of audio books, you have read this book, so it's also an audio book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What yeah. I what I like though about the actual physical book is you do have the exercises and the recipes and things like that because the other thing you talk about is it's important to learn how to cook. You cannot live a healthy lifestyle, really, unless you got like I say, unless you got a personal chef and you you balling like that. Right. Not eat your heart out, but <laughs> but for everyday people who want to invest that money in something else. You know, you gotta know how to, you gotta know how to uh, nourish yourself, and you, you want to like it. So yeah. there's no really no way around it. And so, uh, being inspired, right, to take something to people who it doesn't come like natural, uh, and it's like a chore. You, there's got to be some inspiration in there. So for me, what I do is like I find chefs that I find um, interesting in some way, or I relate. Like uh, Marcus Samuelson, uh, the guy who wrote Yes Chef, Ethiopian cat raised in uh, uh, Sweden. But anyway, his story is amazing. And, you know, how when you when whenever you're around people who have a passion for something, right, it's, it can be contagious. So I, I may not be a top chef when I'm done reading his book. But there's a few more ingredients that I want to play with. You know what I'm saying? And so, again, that's how staying inspired comes. You know, all of these principles are inter- intertwined and they feed into each other. You know what I'm saying? I, I really appreciate that point. When someone is really excited, genuinely excited about something and they know the topic that they're talking about, mm-hmm. it really, you're sort of like, oh, I, I sh- I'm ready to try that of what, yeah. because of them. Now, yeah. uh, I have to just ask you um, about how you drink water. Mm-hmm. Like, do you have like a special way uh, you, you drink water? I, I feel like you have made a thing about uh, water and being well, hydrated. Like you had a a sort of a, a way that you do it. Well, I, I don't, I, well, I'll say this. Um, my, what I call my, um, I don't like the word diet. Cause I ain't trying to die. Yeah, no. um, <laughs> nutrition. But uh, right, yeah, it feels, my, yeah, it feels restrictive diet. Yeah, but the way I'm approaching nutrition right now in this season, I call it uh, vegetarian, right? And so it's the aquarian is the emphasis on water, and the reason for me, and this is very personal to me, of all the healthy practices that. I know we we need, and I'm, I've been around, and uh, I know it's important. Drinking adequate amounts of water has just been like the biggest challenge. It's like I don't crave water like that. I, you know, I don't. Um, 
it's just not something that I've enjoyed, right? So what I wanted to do was see how the Bruce Lee moment my shit, right? And and so it, I had this inspiration like, well, you know, fruit and vegetables and lettuce and stuff, it has water in it, you know? So there's, you're getting some water doing that. And then like, what other ways? And then I started researching like, well, when you boil something, that's that's water based when you when you poke something when you steam something right so these are more ways to incorporate hydration into what you're eating um fruit you know so forth and then i started looking at this the role of water in the nutrition process and then it's like i that's when i started looking at the rainforest and you know the rainforest being the rainforest, right, is based on a high amount of water. And then what is the rainforest uh, known for? Is proliferation of life and abundance and everything great. You know what I'm saying? Um, it's like paradise, literally, on Earth, like the sweet spot. And so, you know, always a student, I started saying, I wonder are there parallels? Because, you know, there's a parallel in the cell of, of water and salt. Right, that ratio, and it's the same as the oceans and salt, and that's the same as our bodies of water. So, so it, think we can biomimic nature, right? And and so I was I was just curious, and I went down this rabbit hole about what makes the rainforest great, and how you know it's the high waterfall, it's the high uh, solar, you know, a lot of sun energy. You know, and you know the how uh, the soil uh, is uh, uh, adaptive; it's very uh, uh, absorptive, and so forth. And just you know these things, and I start saying, "What would that look like if I made these adjustments in my diet?" Let, you know, as an experiment, how would I get more water? How would I uh, get more nutrient dense, energetic things, so forth? And so I, I based that vegetarian model around what makes the rainforest thrive. And that's kind of the approach. I really appreciate recognizing kind of those connections because a lot of people don't even realize the percentage of our bodies that are water is about, like you said, the same as the earth, what to land to ocean and Mm -hmm. even that saline content. Mm -hmm. Um, I really appreciate that. Have you ever seen, um, just, I'm just throwing this out there, the shark's paintbrush. It's an incredible book. If you ever want to check it out about biomimicry. Um, the shark's mm. paintbrush. It's awesome. Uh, it's I'm pretty far right. out. So just since you were talking about biomimicry, I'll, I'll bring that up. Well, I, I want to close up. Well, first of all, I'd have to ask, like, do you take any, I, I imagine you take some kind of herbal supplements or supplements. Do you have a, a practice or are you trying really just to kind of get everything from your food? I mean, to the yeah, best well, of your ability. Yeah, I don't, I don't do like, you know, conventional supplements because um, my my primary doctor is a as a uh, herbalist and an acupuncturist, mm-hmm. and so that whole approach is more like holistic. Yeah, um, teas. So, hmm? are you doing teas? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Teas. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. I do tea often. To me, like the most supplement I would do like is like cordyceps. Yeah, yeah. You know, but that's sometimes. still that's kind of natural. It's, yeah, it's natural. You know yeah. what I'm saying. So, um, but yeah, yeah. So, I, and I, I feel like mostly 
you know, eating good foods. You know, my my go-to is soup year-round. You know, it's just hydrating. It's nutrient-dense. It's easy to digest. It's warm, soothing. You know, just do that most of the time. Do do they ever do your guys ever give you your, your a hard time like oh here we are with the green juice and the soup and oh and there he goes running again like <laughs> do you get that yeah. a lot or what? I got I got two nicknames that will answer that question <laughs> Malcolm Exercise right <laughs> and Jehovah Fitness <laughs> there you go. so that's that's how that's how my team treats me like but it's in, in a good way yeah you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, Stick, I, I really appreciate that you could put the effort together to to take your experience and put it into the five principles to share that with other people, to inspire them and uplift Thank them. You. And Thank you very much. What if someone's listening to this and you know I I feel that by nature human beings have to move towards feeling good. I just don't think it happens mm. naturally. I think we're actually hardwired sort of the other way to be anxious, to want to medicate mm. with food or alcohol or to be stressed or react combatively. I think this is more natural because of our, our probably our biology and living maybe so unnaturally now. Mm-hmm. So if someone's hearing this and they do feel maybe just buried a little bit, mm-hmm. what from your point of view, because you you've come from a very different point of view arriving arriving at this place what would you what would be the first step what would you say to somebody that's like yeah i can't do what he does hmm. i would well i would def- if somebody's out there thinking like yeah but i can't do what he does i would say you're right and the good thing is you don't have to do what i do at all right it's about how do these five principles apply to you, right? What is your mindset? Does that, does that matter to you? Does it matter how you feel to you, right? And if you want to feel different, are you open to exploring other ways of processing things, right? And, and it's just trial. If it don't work, it don't work. It's something else. But just being open to uh, looking at things a little differently is definitely going to give you different options. And, if, and that's all we can ask for, some, op- some more options, right? I would say you, your nutrition doesn't have to look like mine. You know, nutrition is not the same for everybody. You know, a baby is not going to eat the same as an elder. An uh, elder is not going to eat the same as an athlete. Athlete is not going to eat the same as a pregnant one, right? And all that changes. So nutrition is about finding what's working for you, where you are at right now, and fitness, so forth. Um, but these are fundamental universal principles, and the model, the container, if we work it, it will work. You know what I mean? If you find a way to meditate regularly, or to clear your mind some way, or to pray, or to release and relax, if you find foods that give you energy and that don't trigger your allergies or these kinds of things. And, you know, that matters. You know, if you find something, if you like dancing, you don't have to, you don't have to be an athlete. You know, if you like dancing, do it regularly. 
Yeah. Right. That is going. That's the same holding the same place. And, and just so, uh, you know, like I say, over and over and over in the book, you know, take was useful. And this is a quote from Bruce Lee. Take was useful. Um, discard whatever is not and add what is essentially your own. I think most people for different in different ways had challenges when they were young. You know, mo mm-hmm. I think a lot of people, and if they didn't, then they have all the challenges when they're older. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. who knows? But if you, <laughs> if you think about, you know, 18 or 19 year old stick and that, you know, let's say the energy in your heart versus you today, you know, with the, with maybe a, just a wide capacity, right. To, mm-hmm. to like you say, the strength is in the loving, is in the not reacting, is into the openness. Um, does it ever kind of blow your mind how different one per where you can be start and where where you can be moving to? I'm, I'm, it blows my mind with gratitude. You know, just just I'm grateful. I'm so 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 grateful to be able to be humble and, and learn. You know, and, and and see the benefit of that in the simplest ways. You know, like yes, you know, I'm blown away, and I think um, you know, it's not peace is not passing, right? And there, I think the confusion is that when you when you're at a state of calm or peace or inner peace, that that equates, you know, letting people like walk all over you or mistreat you or abuse you or any, you know, that kind of stuff. And it has nothing to do with that. It's, um, it actually puts you in a position to really be clear on what you will accept and not accept um, and to be able to make moves that are not uh, in hindsight that you're going to be like, damn, I was out of my right mind, right? It's like, no, I, I really thought about that. It's like playing chess. I took my time. I surveyed the scene. You know, and then I make the best move I can at the time, knowing that the other side gonna move and it's gonna keep going. So it's 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 not about beating ourselves up, but it's about knowing that um you make the you want to make the best move you can in the moment, and then reflect and adapt. So um, yeah, it's you know peace is the most gangster thing you can maintain because peace is powerful, you know, and in the best way, you know. So, yeah, we, we work on inner peace, but that doesn't mean be passive. Stand up for justice, fight for what's right, but don't drive yourself crazy with stress doing I don't think I could end it in any other way. I am kind of curious. This will be it. Is there is there a new is there a new dream for you? Is there something in there rolling around in the back there that you're like, yeah? And if if you don't want to share it, that's okay. But I just have to. I'm just I'm curious. Right on. Well, I'll I'll be super transparent. So 2020 2022 has been probably the toughest year in my life. Um, I lost my father. I got divorced from a 30-year relationship. 
And at the end of 2022, my home of 18 years completely was destroyed from water damage right so in one calendar year you know and this is these are the big points you know there's always little things so i've been using the power of these five principles to the maximum to stay resilient to stay inspired to know that uh these changes are, are opportunities to adapt, to grow deeper in my practices, and to be and to ride the wave instead of getting overwhelmed by it. Like actually ride it, you know, and, you know, and, and actually be like, "This is a big wave. This is a huge wave. Nobody's riding a wave like this and staying balanced, right?" And so, trying is allowing me to become that kind of surfer to to. So I think for my future right now is just, uh, you know, not drowning. (laughs) And then, you know, beyond that, though, is I look forward to getting off that wave, you know, and saying that was exhilarating. And I learned some things that made me a better surfer and then getting to the next wave, you know. I appreciate that. Yeah. So we'll stick the, the book is thank you for writing the book, five principles and just remind everybody all the places that they connect with you, that they can connect with you um, in case they want to continue to learn more about what you're doing. Right on, man. I'm on Instagram, real simple S T I C uh, with the blue check. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I ain't hard to find. I'm easy to touch. Send me a DM, say what's up. Let me know something, you know, something good. I'm always looking for inspiration as well as sharing. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you want to learn more, there is a ton of valuable information on my website. Head to the link in the show notes and click gabbyreese.com to find a full breakdown with helpful links to studies, research, books, products, and more. Stay tuned for a bonus episode coming this Thursday where I go deeper on one of the topics that really resonated with me. If you have any questions for my guests or even myself, please send them to at gabbyreese on Instagram. If you feel inspired, please hit the follow button, leave a rating, and a comment. It not only helps me, it really helps the show grow and reach new listeners. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.